Grab genommen bedauert. Unsolved Mysteries. Tonight's Unsolved Mystery is laid in that land of many mysteries, India, where squalor and wealth Side by side, bow the head and bend the knee to strange gods. India, where every bazaar, every temple, every compound has its fakir or holy man. A sort of privileged beggar whom white men and black alike fear more than they admit. United Services Club in Simla. Officers in their stiffly starched tropical mess dress sit around the veranda cooling off under a waving punkah, while barefooted native servants carry trays of glasses which resound to the musical and appetizing tinkle of cubes of ice. By <laughs> <laughs> Jove, Colonel, I'll say this for India. You certainly know how to make yourself comfortable. We have to, Buckley. If we didn't, we wouldn't be able to stick it out in the hot season. But tell me, Buckley, what exactly did you mean when you said, I'll say this for India? Oh, nothing in particular, Colonel. Of course, you fellows don't realize it. But you're always prefacing a remark or following it with, but this is India. Well, well, I mean, it's all right to stuff the folks back home with all the tommy rot about India's lure and India's mystery, and it couldn't happen anyplace else but India. But after all, you know, the natives here are just ordinary human beings, no different from anyplace else. Now, listen, Buckley, you've been out here exactly four months now. You will, if you're wise, never curse a native, never laugh at his fears, never ridicule his ideas. And above all, don't try to show your superiority by trying to expose one of their fakirs. You actually mean, Colonel, that you believe in their superstitious bunk? Listen, Buckley, I like you. Pull your chair over this way a little, and I'll tell you something. A good number of years ago, I was promoted to captain. I had three months' leave in England. I was young, very proud of my captain's pips. I fell in love with every pretty girl I saw back home. Well, I fell hard for a school day, sweetheart. We were married, and Dorothy and I sailed on the P&O. Had a marvelous trip. Landed at Bombay, and I found orders waiting for me to proceed on duty at Bangalore. I wired Lal Singh, my bearer, and told him to get everything ready. Caught the train, 
And just at dusk, we pulled up at my quarters. Greetings, Captain Sahib. Cheerio, Larathing. Larathing, here's the new men's side. Ah, the servant is honored. And this, darling, is what we call the living room. And in there, behind the bead curtain, in the combination smoking room, den library, card room, and general sort of get-together place. Books, books, and more books. I'm going to spend hours in there when you're on duty. Oh, and a complete set of Kipling. Yes, and anything you want that isn't there, why, just ask oh. for it. Why, why, Dorothy, what's wrong? Oh, George, I, I'm afraid. Something came over me. What? I don't know. It, it seemed as if someone were trying to compel me to do something. I grew cold all over. Afraid. Look, George, who's that out there in the compound in front of that clump of tamarisk? Where? Oh, oh, the old fakir. He hangs around here quite a bit. Harmless old fellow. Oh, send him away. He's doing this to me. I know he is. Oh, my dear, you're tired. Please, George, send him away. I, I can't stand to even see him. But, Dorothy, I can't do that. I can't send him away. Why can't you? Why can't you tell someone to get off your own ground? Well, it's a little bit hard to understand, Dorothy, for a stranger here. But one doesn't order fakirs to do anything. It, well, the natives would be offended. It might incur some of the natives' dislike. You can offer that to my fear of him? Now, my dear, listen to reason. We're in India now, not jolly old England, you know. And we must do things according to the country. And telling a dirty, smelly native to get off your own property is against the custom of the country, is it? By Jove, yes, you know. It really isn't done, don't you see? Yes, sir? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, too bad. Why, yes, of course. Just as soon as I can slip into service, dogs. Uh, why, yes, sir. Righto. No, I won't bother to change. Old Tubby's down with a touch of fever. I'd have to take guard duty tonight. Well, thing? Yes, Sahib. Sword and service cap. Oh, George, I don't want to be left alone. Oh, but you're not alone, my dear. There's Lao Singh and Ahmed is in the compound and the bestie and the water carrier sleeps all night on the veranda. I wish you didn't have to go. Oh, you've got to help out when the chap goes down with fever, don't you know? Might be my turn someday. Oh, cheerio. Goodbye. Oh, let me see. Oh, here's Kipling's at the end of the passage. Whew, that ought to be a good test for nerves. And time. Yes, Lelsin. Oh, you, the fakir. What do you want? Get out. You've no right coming into this room. The mem sahib does not like old Rassam. No, no, I don't. I don't want you near me. Now go. I'll call Lal Singh. <laughs> Lal Singh. <laughs> a simple child. He would not dare enter the room while Rassam Beg is present. Will you please go? When the mem sahib has given to me the thing which I desire. What do you want? I'll give you anything to get you out of here. Rassam Beg wants so little. One stand of the mem sahib's hair. No more. One stand of my hair? What on earth for? The Mem Sahib would not understand. It is for a charm. A charm for my nephew who is in the hill country and very sick. All right, I I'll give you a send of my hair. Uh, go out on the veranda. I'll bring it. And the Mem Sahib is very kind. Older Sam will not forget. I wait on the veranda. I'm not being kind. I'm doing it to get rid of you. Ridiculous idea. Stand of my hair. I'd like to make a fool of him and his charms. And I can too. That Chinese rug. It's made of hairs almost the identical color of mine. I'll get a stand here. Here. Here's your stand of hair. Oh, there are some. Thank you, Mem Saib. And now for the present, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, thank goodness he's gone. I wonder where Lal Singh can be. Why didn't you keep that fuck here out of the bungalow? Lal Singh! No answer. What can have happened? Lao Sing! Lao Sing, where are you? Something's wrong, I know it is. Lao Sing! Everything's going wrong, turning black. The clock is grinning at me. The hands are spinning so fast it makes me dizzy. 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 <laughs>
on, Alfin. Dorothy. Dorothy, where are you? How could Dorothy say to Here, Alfin, help me. Uh, lift her on through Wicker Coat, Saeed. That is the way. Yes. Oh, what happened? Where am I? Oh, George, don't leave me. Hey, you're all right, Dorothy. Tell, tell me if you can, what happened? Why did you come back? Lalsing ran down to the barracks for me when he saw the fakir come out of the veranda. Why didn't this tent help me? He couldn't raise his hand against the fakir, my dear. But never mind. Tell me what happened. That fakir came in here. They wouldn't leave till I gave him a strand of my hair. You gave him one? No, I didn't. I fooled him. I gave him a strand from that Chinese rug in the other room. Oh, that's the stuff, darling. That's sticking on your feet. But what could he want with a strand of my hair? I don't know, but this I do know. When I lay hand oh, on what him. What about the natives, my dear? You can't even touch a fakir, you know. Can't I? Who just wait and see whether I can? What's that? It's all right, my dear. Something in the back room fell down. But I know it isn't all right. I've got that horrible feeling again. Sorry, sorry. Look in the passage. Something moving, rising, a twisting shadow. I got my gun now. Don't faint when I fire. You didn't touch it. But I know I hit it. Good Lord, it's dancing out on the veranda. It's a Chinese rug. Right through the mosquito curtain. Hey, come on, stick by me. Now, Yes, Saeed. Alam, hurry, jelly. What's that, Saeed? Look. Look there, it is on the ground, just in front of the tamarisk, rising on the ground. Show the love of that lamp. Well, here it is, I can't believe it. It's impossible. Oh, no, my dear, not impossible, not impossible. It is. A Chinese rug, Saib. Two bullet holes in it. It saved Imam Saib's life. Yes, Lal, the Chinese rug. And it saved more than the Mem Saib's life. Well, that is an amazing story. That, Major, happened to Dorothy and me. We never talk of it. But you see, old chap, I never sneered at native beliefs. But, Colonel, uh, you didn't finish your story. What do you mean? Well, what about the fakir? Did you horse him? I didn't have to. No? No. Next morning, Lao Thing came and got me. We went out into the compound, and there, right in front of that clump of tamarisk, wrapped in the strangling folds of the Chinese rug, lay the old fakir, dead. Out of deference to people who are still alive, character names in these unsolved mysteries have been changed. Inasmuch as any solution must of necessity be supposition, Liberties of time, place, and character exist in the solution that will be presented after you have heard from your sponsor. gentlemen, the solution for which you have been waiting. But tell me, Colonel, uh, didn't you ever try to find out how such a thing could be possible? You understand, of course, that workers in black magic, whether they be in Haiti, Africa, or India, 
Believe that something personal, a strand of hair, fingernail clipping and such like, are an essential ingredient of the formula of their black art. And your wife, Dorothy, in taking a strand of hair from the Chinese rug and giving that to the fakir, prevented his powers from controlling her. Exactly. All the concentration, all the pent-up fury, the hatred and diabolical cunning of the fakir was leveled at the object most closely connected with that strand of hair. I can understand that. And I can understand, since you say it is so, that the fakir might have done harm to Dorothy, who was a living being. But that such power could really affect a thing like a rug is something else again. Scientists are divided in their opinion as to how such things are possible. But here, let me show you a brief quotation from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Physical phenomena can be grouped under two main heads. Telekinesis, or the movement of objects at a distance, other than by ordinary physical means. And teleplasmy, or the extrusion from the body of the medium of a substance sometimes amorphous, sometimes resembling portions of the human body or even complete figures. Phenomena of both these kinds have long been familiar. I end the quotation. In telekinesis, the movement of an object is recognized by scientists as being possible? Decidedly so. And I can assure you that if you live in India long enough, you will see more than one demonstration of the power of concentrated mind over purely inanimate matter. Hmm, thank you, Colonel. But after hearing your story, I really don't believe that I uh, want to.